Mill where no one sleeps deeply. The pillows are bad and the sheets are made cheaply. But there is one family in the Sleepyville town that uses my pillow for the best sleep around. My pillows are adjustable for proper alignment, and the Giza sheets breathe so they feel no confinement. So order my pillow for great sleep refinement. Why are they so chipper? Their co-workers wondered. So much energy and zest, like they've had the best slumber. And when they peeked in the window, the secret was clear. My pillow sheets, pillows, and mattress toppers appeared. My pillow is breathable and lasts more than 10 years. It's washable and dryable and was manufactured right here. Giza cotton is what makes the softest of sheets, and the mattress topper helps support pressure points for deep, dreamy sleep. So click the link below to stop counting sheep. We want my pillow! The citizens of Sleepyville cried, but they didn't realize the family had a surprise inside. They were all given a my pillow to keep. We spent a third of our life snoozing, so let's make it quality sleep. I got towels too. And mine are blue. So welcome to my pillowville where everyone sleeps on the pillows that align and the softest of sheets. With the support of the mattress topper, the people snooze deep and wake up well rested and their deadlines they keep. So if your bed feels like rocks and your sheets feel like Brillo, you need better sleep, which means you need my pillow. So what are you waiting for? Go ahead, click the button. I'm tired of rhyming, so please click it and save me. Please, I can't rhyme anymore. Just click that link. Stop watching this and click the link to get the best sleep of your life. I know you're out there. I can feel you now. I know that you're afraid. You're afraid of us. You're afraid of change. I don't know the future. I didn't come here to tell you how this is going to end. I came here to tell you how it's going to begin. I'm going to hang up this phone, and then I'm going to show these people what you don't want them to see. I'm going to show them a world without you. A world without rules and controls, without borders or boundaries. A world where anything is possible. Where we go from there is a choice I leave to you. Yep.
Make specials at dinners Or being ignored by the think straight sinners I used to smoke dinners while my moms made dinner Now I smoke bombs and rock with Leonard Skinner No beginners here, I'm a seasoned vet Educated on jazz by my man, I'm at Heard again, my friend, I've been the world and back But I'm a Michigan boy, can you feel that? And I'm home life than just you. Welcome back, fuckers, to another edition of the Patriot Party Podcast. I am the Mick, and with me, of course, is my much beloved better half. v Hello, Patriots. So tonight, uh, we do have a special guest with us, yep. uh, and uh, he's out. Um, well, you take it away. So, you know, we're all concerned about money, especially with uh, what's going on in Russia and Ukraine and, you know, the the whole SWIFT payment system and whatnot and and inflation, shrinkflation, the value of the dollar. And we've been promising y'all for a long time that we would uh, find someone that we trusted um, to come and 
talk to us about money and uh, the best way to invest your money because don't take advice from us. We don't know what the hell we're doing. We need to find someone for ourselves too. So uh, we have that person, Dr. Kurt Elliott, and we are very excited to bring him on the show. So welcome to the show, Dr. Kurt. Hey, it's so great to be with you for the first time. Yes. yes. We're going to do Definitely. it often, but this is awesome. Yes, this is fantastic. So um, wh when's the dollar going to crash? Oh, it's crashing right now. <laughs> Since, okay, so get a load of this. Since the Federal Reserve started, you know, Which back in It's not federal and there is no reserve. No, it's not a government institution. It's just a cartel of rich banking families that decided back with the Federal Reserve Act in the early 1900s, hey, let's uh, print some money out of thin air and charge the U.S. government for it, right? That's what it is. That's what it is. But since That's then- so you go back to 1914, right? Since then, if we look at, okay, take it one step back. I, I want to tell a story. So back in the day, you know, prior to the Federal Reserve, like in the 1920s, um, you had one ounce of gold and it was had a $20 face value on it, right? So you could go to the bank, you could go to Sears, Woolworths, whatever was around back then, right? And you could either give them a one ounce of gold or a $20 bill, didn't matter because it was interchangeable. Well, the key is what would it buy you, right? So what that would buy you was a finely tailored men's suit, a shirt, a tie, a belt and shoes, right? So fast forward to today, what is 20 bucks buy you? Well, you, you two couldn't even go to Chili's on date night for 20 bucks, right? But the one ounce of gold will at, at $1,900 an ounce will still buy you a finely tailored men's suit, a shirt, a tie, a belt, and shoes, right? So this is what the Fed has done to our dollar. This is the hidden tax. This is what inflation does. So since then, the dollar has lost 99% of its value, 99%. So, wow. so what if somebody were to come up behind you, Mick, and say, hey, give me your wallet. Um, I'm going to take your $100 bill out there and I'm going to exchange it for $1. You'd say, over my dead body, you're not taking my money, right? But that's exactly what has been happening under the Federal Reserve banking system is they've been stealing money. But it's like the, the frog in a boiling pot of water, right? It's like you don't know it's getting hot until all of a sudden you're boiling and, and your skin is like peeling off. It's like, what? When did this happen? Well, it's been happening. You just didn't realize it because it's been so slow. So that's what's been happening to our dollar for the last hundred years is it's lost 99% of its value. Thank you, Fed. So, so what's changed? Why is it so much more critical now than it was, say, six months ago or a year ago? Well, because things are accelerating at a, at a rapid clip, right? So, um, the country started in 1776, right? Our, our federal debt was zero back then. It was nothing. We were, we were just babies. Even though Americans are spendaholics, we didn't have enough time to acquire debt, right? Because it was we were just fresh. It was our first year. So zero debt in 1776. Now we have $29.5 trillion worth of federal debt, you know, 250 years later, okay? But what was it 10 years ago? In 2011, the federal debt was uh, $14.5 trillion. So what took us 250 years to get to $29.5 trillion, basically we've doubled what we had in, in 2011 until now. So 
it took 240 years to go to 14 and a half. Then we actually doubled 14 and a half to now 29 trillion in just 10 years. Right. So it's accelerating. And why is it accelerating? You know, as, a, as an economist, I've got two PhDs in this kind of stuff. Um, why is that happening? Well, when you print money without discretion to fund everything from build back better plans to infrastructure bills to continually extending the debt ceiling by trillions of dollars and printing money to pay people to stay home rather than creating a framework for success where people can go to work, right? Um, that costs money and, it, and it's out of control and it's just spinning out of control. And now we've hit get basically politicians have have basically abused that so much that they kept kicking the can down the road, kicking the can down the road, because in years past, if you stopped the stimulus money, the economy would have crashed. Well, no politician wants the economy to crash on their watch, right? So they kicked it down the road, kicked it down the road saying, hey, congressman, congresswoman, you take care of it next time, right? It's not going to fall on ours. So they kept providing stimulus money. Well, now they've kicked the can off the cliff. And you just hit a point of critical mass in anything, right? Well, that's where we are. And this is why this is so incredibly critical, because we've gotten to a point where normal monetary policy, fiscal policy cannot fix it. It can't be fixed with normal policy because it's too much. So you have to have basically an economic reset. You have to have a total global financial reset to fix this central banking system. That's not just the Fed, but it's the Bank of Bank of England, European Central Bank, Bank of China, right? They're, they're all fiat-based money creation banks where they print money out of thin air. That central banking system as we know it, I believe, is coming to an end. We're, we're in the twilight. And uh, how do you protect yourself from that? How do you protect yourself from the inflationary pressures that, that printing money unrelentingly, you know, without ceasing... Um, causes it, that causes inflation, right? It causes uh, a nation of slaves and, and a bunch of serfs to the system. And, and this is where we are right now at this stage of the game. We're at the end of an era and something is going to change and something's going to be fixed. And those times of transition always bring chaos and mayhem and uncertainty and turbulence and turmoil and change, right? And if, and normal markets like the stock market doesn't, they don't like that. They don't, Stock market investors and stock and bond market, they love um, consistency of future expectations, right? They love peace <laughs> because when you invest in like Google or Apple or whatever else, it's like, okay, down the road, we expect it to be X. And so we're going to invest in it now, knowing that our money is going to be safe and continually growing. Well, that's a facade when it's being held together with stimulus money. So stimulus money is going to have to end because it's debt. It's other people's money, and we're, we've hit that point of critical mass. So things are changing. And if we don't change when the world around us is changing, we'll, we'll sink with the ship. And I'm talking about our finances, right? This is all I'm talking about right now. So, yeah. Because yeah, so. the, the, the ship is most definitely sinking in, in a lot of other ways. So um, I heard uh, something about like interest rates are at zero now. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, we just bought a new house. We certainly didn't pay zero, but it was very low. I remember working for a mortgage company, basically like cold calling people when I was in college and selling them mortgages, second loans or whatever on their houses or refinances. And, and I mean, those people didn't have the best credit, but mortgage rates at that point were at like 9%. And that was in, you know, the late nineties. Um, so 
how are we how are we at interest rates at zero and how does that affect all of what you're talking about so, so do you all remember back to like uh, 1983 i mean back then mortgages were 18 percent on a 30-year mortgage 18 could you imagine if that's what they are today but they probably will approach that point so always I like to ask why, why did we get to that point? Not that we were, it's like, why did we get there? Well, the late seventies, Carter was like one of the worst economic presidents ever. Um, until now we've got another one that's, that's actually won that booby prize. Right. So yeah, until so, Carter pulled my beer. Yeah. Yeah. So, so we had a huge recession. Inflationary pressures were going through the roof. Um, no, people weren't working. Um, taxes were high. People don't remember, but the highest tax bracket for marginal, you know, income tax bracket was 90% in the late seventies, 90. <laughs> so, so Reagan took everything down. Right. But, but why did interest rates get to 18%? Well, because that's what inflation was. That's what inflation was. The only way to stop inflation with interest rates is for the interest rate to actually equal the inflation rate. Okay. So we have to remember that and, and it worked, right? So, as painful as that was, Reagan and Paul Volcker, chairman of the Fed at the time, started taking rates down and down and down. And they created a framework for people to spend money, right? They lowered taxes, they lowered interest rates. And therefore, Americans, we spend money better than anybody on the planet. Not really a good legacy to leave for future generations, but but that's the way that it is. So when we had a higher bottom line because of lower taxes, a lower cost of borrowing because of lower interest rates, we spent it. When we spent it, corporate revenues go up. When corporate revenues go up, stock prices go up, right? So during that time, the stock market boomed, same as during the Trump years. Trump and Reagan both had very similar economic policies of lowering taxes and lowering interest rates and creating job growth, right? But so they slowed down the inflation train with 18% interest rates. So now We've got interest rates that are close to zero. Rates have been coming down since 1983, except for a small time frame in 2018 where they went up a little bit. But for like 38 years, they've been coming down. So now they're close to zero. Well, how does this impact everything? They, they can't go any lower to stimulate the economy because they're at zero. So they can only go up, right? They, so policymakers normally, they, they slow down inflation with rising rates. Well, They've been reluctant to raise rates because America is in debt up to its eyeballs, right? At the consumer level, you know, us, corporate level, municipal level, state level, federal level, we are in debt up to our eyeballs. So you start raising rates and you almost kill the economy overnight. So there's been a reluctance to do that. However, there's now even a worse evil, <laughs> I don't know if worse is a word, but I'm using it, um, than, than actually killing the economy overnight with rising rates because of all of our debt. And that's inflation. Because inflation, um, when you have most of America living at the margin, like if they miss one to two paychecks, they, they might have to file bankruptcy. That's how close America is, you know, living at the margin. So when prices have gone up, how they've gone up, um, that's now more of, of an evil than killing the economy with rising rates. Because most families are, are now faced with the inflationary pressures we're seeing. Um, do we feed our family or do we pay our rent, right? I mean, this, this is a legitimate choice that people have to make every single month. So with that, the Fed has said, 
we're going to raise rates six to seven times in 2022 because we need to slow down the inflation train. So, but they can't do it. So, and here's the reason why. Hold on one second. Cause I got a question about that. Mm-hmm. How, how does rate, how is it that they believe that raising rates is going to slow inflation down? Because it increases the cost of borrowing. When you don't borrow as much, you're not going to spend as much. And so the natural result is for prices to come down from, from merchants and companies, right? To When prices come down, they will entice people to spend, right? So when you raise rates, it increases the cost of borrowing. People aren't going to borrow as much. So therefore, they're not going to spend as much. Prices automatically start to come down in response to that to try to stimulate the economy. So this is this is one way that they stimulate the economy is with lower rates and they can they can slow down inflation with raising rates. The other mechanism that they have is through hold, hold, hold on one second. I'm sorry to interrupt you, but um does that would that even apply now? Because I mean part of the reason that costs are of, of goods are so high is because of lack of supply. We make so few things here anymore in America that we're dependent on almost all of our goods from overseas. So at the same time, we're dependent on whatever prices they charge, plus the cost of shipping and the price of gas is so high. Um, I I, I don't see how raising interest rates will lower the cost of a barrel of oil. So uh, would would that even make a difference at this point? Well, no, because the politicians don't have the guts to raise rates to over 20%. They see unofficially right now, inflation's at 21%, not seven and a half that the consumer price index says it is. So we have to take one step back. Why is, why is, why do they say inflation seven and a half percent? When our wallets tell us it's not, when you look back 12 months from now and you fast forward to today, oil is up 84%. Gas at the pumps is up 94%. Soybeans, corn, wheat, they're all up over 50%. So how in the world could inflation only be seven and a half percent when all the cost of, of components to build things are up 50 to over 100 percent? Well, it's it's bogus. See, back in 96, Clinton um, basically assigned a commission to say, hey, we need to lower uh, the the inflation level because all of our payments that are cost of living adjustments to people on fixed income, people on Social Security that need Medicare, Medicaid, whatever else, right, that they had cost of living adjustments. So he said, hey, let's cut government expenditures, right? The party for the people that wanted to help everybody, they're sticking it to them and say, let's pay them less. So what they did back then is they started to put substitution into the price index, right? So let's just say the, the consumer price index is a basket of 30 goods which is what it is. Let's say steak was one of those components and the price of steak went up 40%. And they said, holy smokes, we, we've got we've to somehow lower this inflation. So they substituted that for hamburger. Well, hamburger went down, was 30% less than steak, but the price of steak went up 40%. So what did they say? They said, actually, the price of steak came down 30% because we substituted for hamburger. Well, that's not real, but that's how they keep inflation truly low. So prior to 96, if you wanted to use the same metrics that we used back in 83, when when inflation was 18%, and you had to raise rates to 18% to slow it down, what is that rate today? 
today, true inflation is 21%, not seven and a half. So for policymakers to actually even make a dent in inflation, they have to raise rates to 21%. Politicians don't have the guts to do that. They will not do that. But they did say that the chief economist at JP Morgan Chase last week said, hey, the Fed said six to seven rate increases. It's not going to be enough. We're going to have to do nine to 10. That's what they're expecting. But here's the dumb thing. Nine to 10 rate increases at about a quarter percent each time. That's only two and a half percent. That doesn't even come close to 21 percent. But two and a half percent rate increase when, when rates are close to zero, people's debt payments will double. Their mortgage payments could double. Right. Um, everything that they do would double. And so people are going to spend less money. It will kill the stock market. Brandon's policies will kill the stock market. And it will kill the bond market, but yet it won't do anything to curb inflation. And here's why. Because you you, you nailed it when you said, what, what is it going to matter if, if, you know, when we're buying stuff and everything's an import? Well, when we print money like it's going out of style, right, it devalues our currency. So it takes more of our currency to buy foreign goods. So therefore, the price is going to keep going up and up and up. Because if you're China... You're going to say, well, we're not going to keep the prices the same. You keep treating your money like monopoly money and devaluing it by printing it like there's no tomorrow. We're just going to keep raising our prices. It's not going to make a dent. See, did, did either one of you watch the Super Bowl? Yep. Unfortunately. Yeah. Okay. So there was there was a commercial on there for Jurassic Park, and I love Jurassic Park, right? So, yeah. So what was Jurassic Park for, for the people that might not know? It was like it was a movie, and they – they created a dinosaur park, right? They, they made these dinosaurs and it was supposed to be fun and people could go see them. And then the dinosaurs escaped and they started killing everybody, right? This is like inflation. Inflation is a creation of the Federal Reserve. It's their own monster. It's their own creation. And now they can't kill it. They, they won't be able to kill it. And so, so inflation is like the dinosaur in the Jurassic Park movie that they're the creature of their own design, they can't kill because it's gotten out of control. All it's going to do is hurt America and it's going to hurt the rest of the world because the only way to stop it is to raise rates to over 20 percent or they could stop stimulus money. Stopping stimulus money would slow down inflation, too, but they're not going to do that. It's the only thing keeping the economy afloat right now. So this is the pickle. Right. And, and we as wise, prudent people with wisdom and discernment, need to see through this nonsense and do something that will protect and preserve our, our hard-earned lifelong assets rather than let some dumb government policy that neither you nor I can control from erosion. And it will erode everything you've worked hard to accumulate unless you invest into something that will actually um, go up with inflation. What goes up with inflation? Things, right? whether it's a car or oil or gas or food or groceries or gold or silver, right? They're all things they go up with inflation. So therefore you invest into a thing that goes up with inflation. That's how you protect yourself against that very inflation, right? So there's strategies to win through this, but there's, there's more to the story that than meets the eye, right? We've got so many problems right now. Um, inflation's only, only one of them. Um, the other one is the banking system as we know it is, is about to come crumbling down. Um, so in, let's see, this would have been December of 2020. The Fed came out with a 98-page memorandum that said, hey, 
there's 15 banks that we've identified that need to submit an orderly resolution plan um, and submit it to the U.S. bankruptcy courts, right? Say, okay, dissect those words. Orderly resolution, what does that mean? It means something was in disarray that they needed to resolve, right? Who's the recipient? These 15 banks that are that they viewed as being financially possibly insolvent in the near future. And who? what's the second recipient? The U.S. bankruptcy court. So they identified 15 banks that were possibly facing solvency issues and had to submit an orderly resolution plan, which would be a resolution plan for their banking customers to how are they going to get out of Dodge when things fall apart? How did they know back in December of 2020 that things were going to fall apart? Well, who were some of these banks? Um, Capital One was one of them, HSBC, U.S. Bank, Northern Trust. Northern Trust is huge. Most people don't know it. But Northern Trust handles all the custodial accounts for J.P. Morgan. This is a lot of banks, right? And so they had to submit that by December 17th of 2021. So just a couple months ago. We don't know what those reports look like, but how did the Fed know that we were going to be facing a liquidity crisis within the banks a year ago, right? Well, Where, wasn't that the banks that uh, got bailed out before? Weren't those the yeah. same banks that got bailed out in 20 in or 2003, 2002? Yeah, with, with TARP. Absolutely. Yeah. Same banks, same recipients, right? So. Hmm. So here's where it gets a little bit even more precarious. So um, normally when you deposit $100 into a bank, um, there's a reserve requirement. The bank has to keep a certain portion back, right? That re that's called the reserve requirement. So historically, that's been about 10%. So if you in donated or donated, deposited 100 bucks, they would lend out 90 because that's what banks do. And they kept $10 on hand to fund, you know, people that went in to get loans or, you know, to take their money out to do whatever, right? So, but in April of 2021, the Fed changed the reserve requirement to zero, nothing. Since April, banks don't have to keep any money on hand at all. So they're strapped for liquidity, but then it gets even worse. A few months after that, the Fed through a, a what's called a reverse repo mechanism, which basically means they're taking money out of the banking system and giving the banks worthless U.S. treasuries in exchange. So how, how big was that? They took two and a half trillion dollars of liquidity out of the system. So banks have zero on hand. They took out another two and a half trillion out of the banking system. And to what end? You know, in, in, a, in a COVID world, when people were needing money, mom and pops needed money to fund their stores. Banks didn't have liquidity. It's harder and harder to get a loan, you know. Um, to what end? Why would they do that? Well, to me, you start connecting the dots. If you, if you handcuff banks from private capital and people can't get it anymore, they're going to do an end run around the banks and go directly to the government for their support, right? If you start to look at some of these stupid directives coming out of the Fed, you can paint a big nasty picture of they're, they're, they're wanting complete people control. They're wanting people to go directly to the government for all their support stripping capital and liquidity out of the banking system. So this is this is what I look at every single day, right? And it's it's not a rosy picture. It's not fun, really. The, the creature of their own design, they can't kill. And Okay, so really quick, just to sum up what I just learned. And um, wow. Um, 
with, he's really bad at money. So this is <laughs> with what Biden said last night. Okay. Uh, about inflation and stopping inflation and his retarded comment about, well, you don't want, you want your people to make more money. Well, just lower the prices on stuff, you know, cause that's, that's what he said. That was his answer. That's what he thinks is going to stop pay, inflation. Pay people more, a $15 minimum wage and low, make, make, make the, your product prices cheaper. Yeah. I, I don't think he realizes that's not how any of this works. That's not how any that's of this not works. How business works. So basically we're doomed when it comes to any financial sort of gain or any sort of anything good happening with the American banking system or anything of that nature. Well, yeah, I mean, he lost me at hello. I mean, <laughs> everything after that made no sense, right? It's like, oh my word. He, really? did have, he did have one moment of truth last night, actually, and it's been scrubbed from the official YouTube replay of the State of the Union on the White House channel, where he said that, um, that they... Uh, falsified and justified Putin's attack on Ukraine. Yeah. <laughs> well, he, he said that. And, and that was my conspiracy theory. And I was like, okay, I was right. And since we live streamed it, I'm able to cut it out and replay it. But that was the only thing that I heard that he said last night that was actually true at all. Um, but, but going into that, because honestly, I think I really didn't know until this week, and I do a lot of research. I think most of our listeners don't know. Um, what is the uh, the SWIFT payment system, and how is Russia getting kicked out of it going to affect the rapid downfall of our economy? Okay, so SWIFT is a is a it's basically a, a messaging system. Um, so it's based out of Belgium. Um, and there's over 11,000 financial institutions throughout the globe that basically most of the banks in the world, right? I mean, when we're talking one financial institution is J.P. Morgan Chase, one could be Bank of America. I mean, we're not talking about individual branches. We're talking about the big companies. This is most of the world's financial system. And, and what the messaging system does, whenever there's a bank wire, right, um, the message says, hey, receiving bank, you're going to get $100,000 hey, giving bank, you need to send that. This is what the SWIFT system does. It tells all the banks what to wire and who's going to receive it, right? So if you shut down the messaging system, there's no wires that can happen, right? So so to me, this is the, the nuclear option of economic sanctions, right? It's it's why it's very, it was used in Iran um, back in the day during the, some of the nuclear stuff that was going on there. But um, it's very rarely used because it's bad. So Here's here's where would it would it impact Russia very negatively? Of course, if they can't receive any money or give any money, it, it cripples them. But it also cripples everybody around them. Right. So imagine Germany. Right. Who, who gets oil and gas from Russia. Russia is like the big provider of oil and gas to, to Europe. So if if they can't actually pay for their oil and gas because the SWIFT system is down, what does that mean for Germany? or France, or Italy, or England, or whoever else, right? It means they're not going to have oil or gas. Well, what does is, what is Germany produce, for example? Well, BMWs, Mercedes, uh, <laughs> Audis, Volkswagens, right? So, and those are all imports that come into America. So you shut down the SWIFT system, you kill our allies in Europe, just for Russia. You kill our allies in Europe, and it makes everything in America way more expensive. This is why people... Our, our allies in, in Europe do not want this to happen. But yet, for some reason, Biden thought that is, this is a good idea. 
economic warfare always ends up in a geopolitical conflict, like a real war, right? So, so it, it never works quite well. But here's the thing. Economic warfare is real. It's been used before. And, and if this happens, it would be devastating to Europe and to America both. But who's, who else has an economic nuclear option? Well, China does. Yeah, I was about yeah, to say. China. Yeah. So what does China have that could be a nuclear option to America? They're the outside of the Fed. They're the largest owner of U.S. treasuries in the world. Right. So what they could do is their nuclear option. You know, Biden's was swift. Right. What could they do? They could start selling in bulk U.S. treasuries, just dumping them out onto the market. And and basically that would hamper uh, America's ability to pay for our debt to pay for the entitlements, to pay for the stimulus. If there's no foreign capital coming in because China's dumping it and just trashing the value of U.S. Treasuries because of all the excess supply now, um, this is a problem. And, and so how would we counteract that? Well, there's still the obligations. They don't go away. So you print your way out of it. They would just print, 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 print. And, and inflation goes through the ceiling. See, the retaliation... Of, of economic warfare is always retaliation of economic warfare from somebody else that's almost just as big. See, that would have a big, huge bite. So, so this is the problem um, moving forward, using something like that, using that kind of a nuclear option. And there's no doubt it would actually cripple Russia economically, but it would also kind of cripple the rest of the world. And it would also then create more economic warfare from other countries um, attacking America economically. And we, we would have Venezuela-style inflation, in my opinion, in, in the matter of nine months to a year, if, if something like that were to happen. If China started dumping all of its U.S. treasuries, the bond market gets slaughtered, slaughtered. Um, but, but none of this is off the table, right? These are all real, legitimate things that could and probably will happen um, when, when politicians try to maneuver their way around things and, and figure it out. And, and what's, what's wacky about all of this, you know, Russia in, invading Ukraine, right? Well, you can hear all kinds of stories. It's like, well, Putin's actually on our side and, and he's just trying to clear out the riffraff out of Ukraine. Or you could say Putin's just a bad guy and he just wants to, to take back what they think is their land. What's real doesn't actually matter because perception is reality. I mean, it matters in, in real life, but when the financial markets are concerned, perception is reality. And what mainstream media keeps playing, these videos and everything, this is devastating to the stock market. War always is. And all those images and people say, oh, my word, this is going to be terrible. And oil and gas are going to go through the roof, which it did just this morning. Um, oil hit the, the highest it's been since 2011 because OPEC decided they're going to halt, they're going to just keep production the same rather than increasing it during a war to lower prices. Well, okay, so who's part of OPEC? Well, Russia is, right? There's so much collusion here, right? They're really trying to stick it to the West. And that's, so the, the Russia-Ukraine conflict um, is going to bring higher oil and gas prices, which will impact everything. What's, what doesn't use petroleum in its manufacturing? Nothing, right? So, price of everything that we possibly buy um, is going to go up as, as prices start to go through the ceiling with petroleum prices and oil and gas. So with all of that, what is your 
What is your advice? How, how do we protect ourselves? Because honestly, you know, when you were talking about people living paycheck to paycheck, we we feel that until mm-hmm. until this year, uh, we we were there. You know, we'd uh, I'd always heard because I handle the money. You know, you should have at least three months of mortgage payments in the bank, preferably six, just in case. And I mean, I don't know that we had a month worth of mortgage payments in the bank. In fact, when in uh, what was it, 2012 when, I think it was 2012 when Obama shut down the government and uh, they didn't pay soldiers and Mick was deployed at the time and we, I, I was home with a baby and we didn't get paid, maybe it was 2000, uh, 2006. Yeah, okay. Um, yeah, and I was home with a baby and I literally, like I had to ask our parents or you know, both of our parents to help with mortgage for a couple of months because we we couldn't do it, and that was that was a, a really rough time, you know. And now, finally, for the first time in our lives, we are financially viable. I guess you could say, you know, we, somewhat stable. Yeah, we we have a you know we have we have some we have enough money in the bank for you know three to six months of mortgage payments, and we've paid off the most of our debt, and that's great. Um, we have a little bit extra. I don't want to leave it in the bank. I'm, I'm terrified. The other thing I'm terrified of, you know, because you're talking about how they kicked Russia out of Swift and that's looking at it on the macro, but on the micro, you know, they're, they're coming after each one of us individually. So if, I mean, could it be possible that in six weeks to six months, I, I decide I, you know, I want to purchase something from you who I believe used to work with Trump and I go to wire money to you and they say no because you have a patriot podcast and you're trying to wire money to a gentleman who worked for trump you you can't do that that that's that's wrong think you're not allowed to do that um i i see the writing on the wall like i see that's a possibility how do i protect ourselves how do i protect our family now so that yeah, we're not in that situation. It's very, very legitimate. I mean, I didn't work for Trump, but I was, but I was nominated for a committee position, which is there which we is go. Honor, right. I, I knew um, some connection there. Yeah, but but what I do do is I support a ton of patriot shows like yours, right? Which puts when when you're when you're supporting and helping to finance, you know, shows that are speaking truth. It does put you in the crosshair somewhere, right? So so like they did in Canada. And they're shutting down people's bank accounts because of the caravan, right? Well, the writing's on the wall. I mean, seriously, I mean, it's going to happen probably all over the place because the, the battle is right in front of us. And, and make, I mean, in a war, right? You Let's look at it like at medieval times, right? If there's this marauding army going through the desert and they're far away from your city, who gives a flip? They're so far away, they're just out there, right? But the battle always intensifies the closer they get to the city gate, right? Well, this battle is right at the city gate right now. And it's there's going to be a winner. There's going to be a loser. This is why the fight is so extreme right now, why they're trying to silence the truth. And but they won't win. Right. I mean, but it is going to be an ugly battle. Right. But but here's how do you protect yourself? So people have assets. They have retirement assets, IRAs, 401ks, whatever. They've got brokerage accounts, cash in the bank. What you said was amazing because people need to have three to six months, and I would say three legitimately, of expenses on hand, right? To cover any kind of a, an emergency, you know, something that comes up out of the blue, you lose your job, whatever. So I like three months of expenses on hand. The rest of it, you need to put into something that will grow with inflation and be liquid, right? So um, like a Picasso is a thing. It could 
grow with inflation, but it's not liquid. I mean, you have to go to like a Sotheby's auction, sell it, you know, raise your little paddle and see if anybody wants the silly thing. But but like gold and silver, when you want to liquidate it, it's a 45 second phone call, li- liquidate it, wire the funds into your account within, you know, four to five days. It's 100 percent liquid. So but I'm not when I talk about gold and silver, it's important to note I'm not talking about paper versions of it, not ETFs, not stocks, not mining shares, not mutual funds, not certificates, actual physical gold or silver, like thousand ounce bars, 100 ounce bars, 10 ounce bars, one ounce rounds, one ounce gold eagles, right? Physical gold and silver because paper can be manipulated. Physical can't. It's, it's a function of supply and demand. If When the supply is low and demand goes high, the prices go up. So people... I mean, the, the mechanics are really easy on how to protect yourself. You just have to buy it, right? I would gobble up as much physical silver as you possibly can. Because to me, it's the safest asset in the world right now because of the inflationary pressures, the political chaos, the the unsustainable debt, the rising interest rates. Everything that we're seeing right now causes stock and bond market to go down, but it causes gold and silver to go up, right? So that's where you minimize your risk, maximize your return. Now, how do you do it? You wire the funds, they get here, we call you and say, hey, your funds showed up, and then we ship it to you. It's that easy, right? You're taking physical delivery of a physical asset. Now, if you have a, a retirement account like an IRA, you can't take physical delivery of it, but it would be stored for you on your behalf. Still physical metals that are stored for you on your behalf at the depository, but you can do a rollover. If you have like a Schwab or Merrill Lynch account or E-Trade or whatever, roll over that IRA, it's tax-free rollover, and reallocate out of toxic paper assets into physical assets like gold and silver that are going up, and now you're safe. But that was a tax-free rollover. It's just an IRA to another IRA. If you have an old 401k, you can do the same thing. That rolls into a traditional IRA. So there's there's methods and strategies that, that we've implemented for decades at our firm to help people get out of the path of the hurricane so it doesn't blow them over, right? And this is a storm. Um, so, storm I- land, but but if we don't transition during the storm, we won't have anything left when when we get to good times again. Yeah, that that's true. Could is it possible to do both? Like, could um, could I take delivery of some silver and have some on deposit? So, say when you know you feel that gold is is doing better, we can roll that money that's in deposit into gold instead and, and still have silver on hand in case the apocalypse comes and I, you know, I, I need it on hand to, to trade or whatever. So a hundred percent. So, so, you know, if you have a little bit on hand, you know, to use in a barter scenario, right. The, the wheels fall off the economy. Merchants don't want our currency anymore. It's always nice to have like little one ounce pieces of silver on hand to, for barter. But the vast majority I would actually keep in a depository because if you have a lot, you know, I, I'm, I'm talking thirty, fifty thousand dollars or more, right? Store it at the depository because you don't want to have to go back to the post office, slap a new label on the box, insure it, send it back. You know, it's just a logistical nightmare for me, right? I, I don't have time for that. So I store all of mine. But everybody is different, right? Just because that works for me and what I prefer doesn't mean that that's the right answer. Because some people, here's here's the, the makeup of my clients. I've got some that say, Kirk, I don't trust anybody to store my gold and silver. I got to have it on me. I'm putting it in my gun safe. I'm putting it in the crawl space, wherever. Great. That's awesome. And I've got some that say, you have no idea the neighborhood we live in, right? It's dangerous. I've got to have it stored for my own personal safety and for my, my peace of mind, right? 
there isn't a wrong answer. It's, it's a matter of preference at that point. But the key is same asset either way, whether you're taking delivery of it at home or storing it, it's the same thing. It's still physical bars or coins in gold or silver. Um, so how much do you charge over and above the, the wholesale cost as, as it were? So, yeah. So you've basically wholesale when the depository has prices for these metals, right? Yep. 8% over that is, is our cost of ownership. But here's where we differ from pretty much every firm on the planet. Ultimately, you're going to liquidate, right? You're going to want to buy low and sell high. You're going to want to lock in your profits. Every dealer that I know of basically charges a commission when you liquidate, just like a real estate agent would or a stockbroker, you know, commission when you buy, commission when you sell, then they forget about you in between, yep. right? So where we're different is when you liquidate, we charge nothing. We don't take anything. It's, it's your money. It's your appreciation. I want you to realize 100% of that appreciation. So we don't take anything. We don't charge for assets under management or for our time. We never have, never will. So what does that mean? Basically, it means when gold or silver, and just rough approximation, right, have moved 8%, you're break even. Everything after that's pure profit for the rest of your life because we don't take anything else. So no ATM fees. Excellent. I yeah, like no that. ATM fees. <laughs> um, fantastic. So uh, last question for you, because this just kind of struck me when I was just going through doing research for the show the other day. Um, I heard that when the stock market essentially started to crash and, and Pfizer and Moderna started that, but that's for other reasons, um, gold, uh, silver especially started to jump up really high. <laughs> and then some bank bought like, or sold like a billion dollars of paper silver shares to try and keep it low, it, it, try and keep it under the 200 day rolling average, I think was the number that I heard. Is, is that right? Mm -hmm. Um, I, I mean, how do they manipulate silver and gold to, to such a degree and how does that benefit or, or how is that to so our detriment? It's pretty much silver that's being manipulated and, and it's, and it's, um, not because the banks hate silver, it's because they love it. So it's pretty much JP Morgan Chase is, is who's doing it. Um, you might as well call it for what it is, right? Yep. So JP Morgan Chase is the custodian of the physical assets for the silver ETF, the paper thing, right? So so basically, when you buy a share of silver ETFs, um, you're supposed to have backing behind it of a physical silver. I don't think it's there, which is the problem, which is why nobody should ever buy the silver ETF. Because when, when the silver ETF started, it was owned by Barclays and HSBC was the custodian. Well, last year, um, BlackRock bought, bought it from Barclays, the ETF, and they decided to pick JP Morgan as the custodian. Well, a year ago, JP Morgan got slapped with a $920 million fine for lying about the number of ounces of silver that they had in custodianship. It's like, why would you pick the people that are lying and had their caught with their hands in the cookie jar, right? Well, it's because they're all crooks, <laughs> in my opinion. And so, yeah, if you're both together, then yeah, let's all just do it together. So, so this is the problem. So the way that the mechanics work is they have to fund you know, the physical metals for that ETF, right? So when the price got too high, they would issue naked short contracts, which would drive the price down. That puts selling pressure on it. Price came down. They would gobble up physical silver at the lower price, which created more demand. So the price went up. When the price got up too much, they issued more short contracts. Price went down. They gobbled up more physical silver, right? And it's because they wanted it, not because they hated it, right? So so this is the game that's been played for, for man, decades, right? So... So 
back so or let's see it was probably march of last year give or take um reddit and wall street bets you know who who took it to the hedge funds with gamestop caused yeah. gamestop to go up 1600% in 30 days on a short squeeze they 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 announced another short squeeze but this time in silver yeah, they said, enough is enough we're sick and tired of the manipulation. We want individual investors to get out of their investment what they thought they were going to get out of it. So they spread it out to their big social network, right? Which is huge. They look what they did to GameStop, right? I mean, they have clout, right? So, so basically, all individual investors all over the world now are gobbling up physical silver because on the and and normally on short contracts, it, they settle in cash, meaning. I'll use this example. Let's say you were shorting um, pork bellies, which are pigs, right? Mm -hmm. And on the flip side of that, do you ever want a, a semi load of like a thousand pigs delivered to your door? No, they settle in cash, right? So, but this time, I, mean, well, I, the pigs. <laughs> I, I love it. So you, you live in the sticks. You might want all those pigs, but most people don't. Right. So, so, so 99% of the time they settle in cash, except in a short squeeze in a short squeeze, the, the other flip side of that contract, the other owners of the other side of the contract say, we want physical delivery. We don't want to settle in cash. So if you gobble up all the physical silver there is, and then JP Morgan or Bank of America, whoever has to settle in delivery of the metals, and there isn't any available, the prices just go through the ceiling. That's how a short squeeze worked. And that's what we're in right now in the silver market. So, you know, I, I think, and, and historically short squeezes generally end up with like triple digit increases in a pretty short period of time. We saw GameStop, which is an anomaly. I mean, that was 1600% in 30 days, huge, right? But Tesla had a short squeeze and in 2020, it went up 300% in 90 days. Silver had one in 2010, it went up like 400% over that summer. I mean, there's this is another one of those things, but this one is epic. This one is going to be an epic one because it's so big and there's so many ounces. So Bank of America and JP Morgan have, um, well, they have right now probably about 1.4 billion ounces of silver in short positions. The, the global supply of silver only mines only create 2 billion ounces a year. It's more than 50% of the total supply of silver that's covered in a short position. They can't cover all that. Not when 1.2 billion ounces is used for manufacturing. There's only 800 million ounces left for investors and they have 1.4 billion in short. There's just not enough. So prices are going to ultimately go through the roof. And we as smart, wise, prudent investors can take advantage of that. By, by simply buying physical silver. And in time, that price is going to go up and it's, and it's going to shoot through the roof. And we get to take advantage of that and let these trends work for us rather than work against us. Fantastic. So how do people get a hold of you, Dr. Kirk? So the, you've, got, you've got a link on the, that we put together for your show that people can actually just click on it, right? Um, KirkElliottPhD.com forward slash defiant, right? Yep. That's, that's, yep. Forward slash defiant. And they can fill out their information to get an appointment with us. My scheduling team will call you and, and say, hey, do you want to get on Kirk's or one of the advisor's calendars, right? And and we'll start talking to you to help you get out of harm's way. Or else you can just simply call us. Um, 
720-605-3900 and say that they came from your show, right? We want to know, right? Because so the two options, just send that link, you know, fill out the link and fill out the information and we'll get in touch with you or simply just call us 720-605-3900. 3900 Excellent. You got it. All right. Fantastic. Um, well, I know we kept you longer than expected, but the first show, you know, we, we had a lot of questions, so we certainly appreciate your time and uh, look forward to having you come back on again soon. I look forward to it. Just let me know. I'll come back anytime, do quick little market updates for all your viewers and, uh, man, together we can, we can stay out of the path of the stupid hurricane and thrive. You know, we weren't created to survive. We were created to thrive and we can actually do that financially. Yeah. You know, I, I truly hope so because it's, it, I feel like it, Mick, especially, you know, he, he works so hard. I, I can't say as much cause I'm homeschooling our kid right now and he's super smart. So it's really easy. <laughs> and I'm like, uh, you know, getting our new house set up and building a vegetable garden and fun stuff, stuff that I do in the show, like stuff that I like to do. Um, you know, Mick, literally busts his ass every day, six days a week, um, and does a show on top of it. And before that he did 21 years in the service. And yet for the longest time, we just, it was, it was like, we, we worked to live instead of, or, or you know, we, uh, we lived to work instead of working to live. Like it was, right. it was such a grind, you know, we, it was like, we never got ahead. And, right. I, and that was, I, I want to, I want to get out of that that rut that I feel like most of America is in. So um, I, I hope that, that you can help us and our listeners achieve that. We can, and we will, and uh, together we'll, we'll succeed and, and have a smile on our face. Excellent. All right. We All appreciate right. it, sir. And uh, yeah. look forward to having you back on. I'll have more questions awesome. for you. I w wanted to listen. I'm, I'm in, <laughs> I'm impressed. I, I again, uh, really bad with money. <laughs> again, go to uh, Kirk Elliott, Kirk Elliott, PhD. Yeah, PhD.com forward, forward slash, slash defiant. defiant. Yep. Or you can call him at 720-605-3900. Get your yep. gold and silver today. Excellent. It's a smart move right now. It, it really is. So, Well, get your silver, I would say. Yeah, silver. silver. We're all in silver right now. It's all silver at this point. Fantastic. All right, all right sir. All right. Well, we appreciate it. Thanks a bunch. Thank yeah. you so much. My pleasure. We'll yeah. talk soon. Have talk a to one. you later. All right. All right. So there you go, folks. That's where you're going right down here at the bottom of the screen. I'm going to keep it going for the rest of the podcast. Yeah. So please write it down. This is the guy to go to. Uh, this guy we trust. You just heard him. He's uber smart. Um, and he had a lot to say about what the fuck's going on right now. And um, I don't know if he you never met a motherfucker like me was really <laughs> expecting what he was going to walk in on. But <laughs> I wanted to play ACDC money talks, but Mick overruled me. So no, nah, this is for something else. So, all right, um, well, but we're going to get to that. Uh, I'm going to take a real quick break. Uh, we'll be right back. Got to throw an ad in here and we'll be right back. Folks. There we go. Uh, maybe not. No, cause, cause it's not playing. No, it's playing. There's no sound. I know that's weird. There's that is so weird. It's so random. So random. Okay. Well, in the meantime, we'll, uh, we'll catch up on some of the comments here. Um, Biden sucks stuff. Welcome back. So paper metal is what keeps real metal low. Absolutely true. I love copper. Uh, if you love copper, I will say that you should definitely mm. come onto our show on uh, Saturday night at nine no. o'clock because I have some, I think we're going to screw that. Fuck it. We're not doing it. Not in right interesting. Now. Yeah. I'll put it in, in the podcast, but, uh, interesting. Um, things about copper in, in that one. Mick doesn't even know about that yet. I've been doing some 
serious research. So, uh, yeah, Dr. Kirk Elliott, he is really fantastic. I definitely love him. Um, talked to him quite a bit, a uh, number of times. So that's fantastic. And Lynn's, uh, garden geek. I, I tell you, I've got what, 200 seedlings going right now. And I just went and actually I bought two pecan trees today. So I didn't tell Mick that yet. And a fig tree. Um, I've got 200 seedlings going and I'm building out garden beds um, because we're going to eat this summer and not out of the grocery store. I don't trust the food that's in the grocery store. I don't trust anything anymore, to be honest. So I, I've been stocking up on some non-GMO heirloom seeds for like six months now. And I just busted them out. And the, the key though is to grow them, to start them at different times so that your plants produce at different times and you don't get your entire harvest all at once. Uh, because you know, how are you gonna eat a hundred pounds of tomatoes in a week? Are you kidding me? I could crush that. <laughs> <laughs> well, I did get two large cherry tomato plants today because I also went and got some, some plants that had already, that were a little bit older than the ones that uh, I had gotten. So yeah, rareseeds.com is where you get most of your seeds lens. That's awesome. Thank you. And, uh, rogue news TV is also a great source for or not to right. push okay no, so, no, yeah. don't worry about it yeah well yeah we'll by, by all means push it out there um okay so really quick uh obviously we've got to kick off with uh the state of the union last night um of oh my course, god we have some clips <clears throat> cnn's cnn's headline uh that ran this morning was uh just 41 percent of the viewers reacted very positively to biden's state of the union the lowest in 15 years since george w bush addressed congress in 2007 of course it's a cnn poll so uh yeah um, yeah, you're still hung over stand tall. <clears throat> I was, I was hurting this morning. Yes. Let me tell you, I was, I was not doing well. No. Um, and I had to go to work too on top of that. So yeah. it's not been a really great day for me in that aspect. No. And then he got stuck in traffic. So he was late coming home today. Yes, uh, pretty not, horrible. Not me. So, so yeah, only 41% of the viewers watching, um, reacted positively to it. Go figure. Um, there's a lot of crap in there, folks. We all watched it. We all saw it. So we if guys you guys saw the gaffes. Um, which I do have some clips of those. If you missed it, though, basically what Biden said last night is he's going to reinstate reinstate all of the Trump policies that he canceled um, that have destroyed everything that we worked for for four years. So, you know, securing the border and, and um, refunding the police. Like, we need to fund the police, not defund the police. And, uh, of course, you know, mask up and vaccinate because vaccines stop the spread and you can't build a wall big enough to stop vaccine. I don't know. Play, no, play one of those clips. It was ridiculous. It, it was, it was ridiculous. But the worst part is that, uh, they are now trying to cover a lot of that shit up. Uh, it's, uh, already made the rounds on pretty much every fucking every joint out there. I have seen it everywhere. Well, um, falsify and justify, like I said, <clears> that was, was removed. completely removed. Like that was actually also scrubbed from the official, uh, press release of this, the, the, the uh, transcript, the transcript, the written transcript that yep. the white house releases. I'm um, so glad we live streamed it though, because I am going to cut that clip out of our thing and put it out. Sorry, go ahead. Are you sure? Yeah. And the <clears throat> official transcript, it was really crazy because uh, some of the news agencies out there, they get the official transcript ahead of the speech. So they know what the hell Biden's going to say when he goes up there. Well, in the first one, it was there. And the second one they got, they noticed that was edited out. And there were other edits as well. So remember when he said, um, 
Iranian, or we thought it was Iranian. It was actually what he said was uranium. Yeah, we stand with the uranium. We people. stand with the uranium people. I, I don't know who uranium is, but they're, they're amazing they're people. From Uranus. But according to what they put in, they put when they redid the speech, uh, it now says um, Iranian, which doesn't make any sense because he was talking about Ukraine. So I'm not sure how he stands with the Iranian people hmm. and not the Ukrainian people. But whatever. Okay. Uh, we'll play I, your game. Whatever. Um, you're an idiot, but we're not stupid. I know you think we are, but we're not. And we saw the whole thing. Everybody here was, except for you, Love for All. I didn't see you last night. Where were you? Or BT Wallace. <laughs> where were you at? Mm -hmm. but, uh, okay. So Pelosi's, and I have to call her Pelosi from now on, Pelosi, because she's always drunk. That's how she well, says her name. She is. We should just call her vodka. Her her clapping. It wasn't even clapping. She'd like stand up and go like this. You rub her knuckles what together. She, she, can't, she can't hit her hands together because they'll fall off. <laughs> she's a crypt keeper. Get the fuck out of here. That might be it. What am I watching oh, here? Okay. okay, so yeah, these are these are some of Thanks. some of the amazing gaps from last the night. And souls of the Iranian people. This shit's not even doing what I wanted to do. Yeah, of course not. Of course it's not because I didn't set it up. No, nope. so. well, that's because you were late. Yeah, well, you'll have that. Those big jobs, you know. Oh, real quick, yeah, just because I already forgot. Shout out to the Wolf Pack. At least that sound worked. Oh, Sleroshi. I like it. That's even better, actually. <laughs> Sleroshi. We stand with you. Putin may circle Kiev with tanks, yeah. but he'll never gain the hearts and souls of the Iranian people. He'll never, he'll never extinguish their love of freedom, and he will never, never weaken the resolve of the free world. He's a fucking idiot. Yeah, the Iranian people. Yeah, again. From I Uranus. Just, wow. <laughs> He must have been thinking about he, he's so he, He's so scary. <laughs> really is. It, it is a miracle that he has lived this long. I swear to God, people. I'm not joking. I'm not trying no to say kidding. it to be funny. It's just a miracle this guy is fucking still alive. It it really is. What else did this moron? Oh, well, I mean, we heard all We won't stop. <clears throat> because you can't build a wall high enough to keep out a a, a, a vaccine. The vaccine can stop the spread of these diseases. What? Wait, 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 wait. <laughs> yeah. No, we've lost. We won't stop. I mean, we heard that last night. I mean, we but, all kind of looked we at were each other. Fucking around so much, we missed like the last, the last half of the speech. I really don't give a shit. I, I don't either. We so, gave up after a while. It was such a bad speech. Like, but replay that because that was um that was interesting. Because you can't build a wall high enough to keep out a a a, a vaccine. The vaccine can stop the spread of these diseases. <laughs> no. I thought we were actually going to get some truth. Oh, we didn't. We, we got a little bit of truth and they scrubbed it out. Falsify well, of course and justify. They did. Of course they did because they're going to do that. You're going to okay. have that. But at what the other thing that we missed because yeah, um, Linz was drunk by then too. <laughs> but uh, you know, apparently Lauren Boebert, when he started talking about Bo and I was just like, turn this shit down. Cause he's, you know, yeah. bringing up his dead. Oh, son they again. started, they started going after him. Lauren Boebert heckled him yeah. about the 13 dead Afghan, uh, dead soldiers so in Afghanistan. MGT. Yes. The two of them went yeah. after him. It was, they were sitting right next to each hysterical. other. Um, I, I don't know how you missed that. I saw that. Um, but anyway. I, I think I was laughing at you too hard. All right. Well, uh, so possible. they, they asked his Nazi about it and this was her response. You know this is going to be dumb. Oh, yeah. So, look, a speech like the State of the Union, it's hugely important. It doesn't touch on, it doesn't have the time to touch on everything that is a priority. So, look. 
Yes, uh, you don't he, have the time to touch have, on everything that's a priority. He had Bullshit. the time to bring up his dead son. But he didn't have enough time but, to recognize 13 people that he got killed because exactly. he re he pulled the troops out the wrong way out of Afghanistan. Yep. What a yep. fucking douchebag. Yep. Um, yeah, but she's an idiot too, so it doesn't really matter. It doesn't change all that much. But and more than Lynn said, uh, but the Dems are all sitting apart and not happy. AOC looked pissed. Yes, and uh, Manchin was sitting with the Republicans. Yes. Yeah, Manchin went and sat with the Republicans. Yeah. He, I'm telling you, he's flipping parties. Uh, I think he might. Truth, like Joe, Joe is full, full yeah, retard. Oh, yeah, he's yes. beyond full retard. Yes, absolutely. What's this? Uh, damn, damn jazz, jazz can jump, jump right over that wall. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right i, I have, just pissed myself a little idea. bit there that was funny let's take all the extra vaccines and put them in drones and shoot them at the cartels oh, i already the, had that over the other side of the I already wall. had that okay but uh, we, we so, should shoot them at the bad guys coming across the border because they're not getting vaccinated anyway so political politifact because maria bartiromo i guess this morning at some point went and she basically called out joe and said uh yeah your speech was mostly false it was so politifact went and fucking fact checked her and said uh what she said during her show was mostly false <laughs> okay uh they went on um the u.s did not double oil imports from russia in the last year uh that's not that's actually completely true we hmm. did double oil imports in the last year they found that, right that the most recent data from the u.s energy information administration shows the u.s increased its oil imports from russia by 28 percent in the first 11 months of 2021 mm -hmm. um that's doubling when we weren't getting anything from mm -hmm. under trump mm -hmm. which is weird um not to mention uh they say well it's only three percent of the overall crude oil imports for the united states Okay, before you get uh, before you finish that one, then I have a story right here from the Washington Times. U.S. reliance on Russian oil hits record high. Biden pressed to ease clampdown on U.S. energy. Uh, President Biden moved Tuesday to check Russian President Vladimir Putin's energy leverage, releasing strategic oil reserves as U.S. petroleum imports from Russia hit a record high and frustration mounted over the administration's domestic fossil fuel crackdown. The U.S. imported 245 million barrels of Russian crude oil and petroleum products last year, a surge of about 24% over 2020, according to preliminary 2021 figures uh, released Monday by the Energy Information Administration. So this equates to nearly 672,000 barrels per day, an all-time record, and a 79% increase from just four years ago. That's from Martin Durbin, Senior Vice President for Policy at the U.S. Chamber of Commerce, not Maria Bartiromo. So Maria Back checked him. So Politifact says the reason they gave Bartiromo mostly false rating is because the combined with the crude and refined oil, it only represents 28% increase. The U.S. imports two types of oil from Russia, cr crude, crude oil, and refined products such as gasoline and kerosene. Last June, the U.S. imported 848,000 barrels per day of crude oil and refined petroleum products from Russia. Bartiromo has more of a point when looking at only crude imports from Russia in 2021, which is more than which has more than doubled. But Russia accounted for only three percent of the total U.S. crude oil imports in 2021, a two percentage point increase from 2020. Hold on. Let me read that again, because maybe I'm retarded. Yeah. But when it again. says um, last June, the U.S. imported eight hundred forty eight thousand barrels a day of three hundred sixty five days times 848 is how many barrels in one year just spitballing 
309 million. million. Yeah, 520,000 barrels. Yeah. Uh, which is only about 3% of... Um, <laughs> Bartiromo is more point when looking at only crude oil imported from Russia in 2021, which is more than doubled. Uh, that's the comment she made, uh, other than Mo Joe's speech was mostly false. Uh, he, she just said that U.S. has doubled its oil coming from Russia. Hmm. I, I don't know. Okay, All right. so PolitiFact fact-checked themselves. PolitiFarce. Uh, it's yes. not really a fact. PolitiFo. So I like that even better. Yep. <laughs> Walls don't work, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was funny. Pissnazi is enough to make you live for life. <laughs> yeah, if you look at her too long. No shit. Yeah, Politifox. Yeah. So yeah. it's true. I'm so shider gasped. <laughs> I like that shider gasped. Excellent. Three days. Three days of oil. Yeah, that, that's right. Three days of oil. Jesus. Yep. So anyway, um, going back to the war, I guess uh, invasion of the first social media war because that's what this really has become. Mm -hmm. uh, the Russian invasion of Ukraine is not only the largest European land conflict since the 1940s, well, supposedly. It's also the first for the TikTok and YouTube generation. As videos pour in across Twitter and Instagram, social media platforms are leveraged to credit propaganda. It's become an evident that a brand new era, much like the one that arrived in 24-hour cable news coverage of the U.S. invasion of Iraq in 1990, back then it was grainy night vision images of Patriot missile launches and targeted explosions dazzled homes all over the United States. Now, anxious audiences simply launch their favorite social media app on their smartphone and the latest high-definition shelling of buildings in Kiev and Russian forces uh, or new viral news clips of Ukrainians threatening to fuck some Russians up. Yeah. CNN's Brian Stelter, that fat fuck, attempted to take credit on behalf of all network news media for the coverage, saying on Twitter, the past 24 hours are a reminder to consumers in an era of YouTube and TikTok still gr uh, gravitate to trusted established news outlets during emergency. They know where to go and go to speak. And television coverage is essential. That's why we here at CNN are doing the most coverage and we are the news. You know what? You know, you have a point. Maybe part of the reason that this whole thing was created was to drive the news media's ratings back up. I have no idea. I, I, I don't know about that yet. All I'm saying is like, for instance, the ghost of Kiev. Uh, yes, this, this, it was video, a video game. The video game. It was a video they game. They are suing well, everyone. They, they threatened to. to, to no, they, they filed a lawsuit That's against the countries excellent. of both Ukraine and Russia. And they filed a lawsuit with the U.S. government for using their video footage because the video footage was provided by the U.S. government to the news agencies. Well, Brian Stelter took personal credit for all of the so, news hey, media, so they should sue him. Whatever that game is, they need to go fucking sue Brian, sue Stelter. Brian Stelter. Absolutely. Because he just took credit, he took for, credit it. for it. Um, but it's really funny because I just saw a T-shirt today that says it's got a picture of like... Uh, I think it's a Frogger, uh, SU-28 Frogger, which is a Russian plane. And it says, uh, goes to Kiev on it. And it's got like the Top Gun emblem around it. Uh -huh. And it's got like Russian dead, like a whole bunch of Russian deads. I was laughing so hard. I was thinking, man, uh, that could be a Jaquan Doe fucking t-shirt right there. How you many know, bears you've killed, you know? I, I saw a bumper sticker with my favorite saying that's going to be one of our t-shirts. And I'd never seen it before. I said, but did you die? Yeah. 
I've seen it. I've seen hundreds of them. I know so mad. So uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh my God. Mr. Potato Head needs to stop. Yes, he does. He's all mashed potatoes on the backside. <laughs> MMA is fake and gay. I love that. Yeah, that'll be fun. I didn't see Justin's show today, so I don't know what he talked about. I got to get on there. I, I didn't either. I was so tired. I couldn't do two things at once. I was shopping with my mom and that took all my energy. Uh, I triangle a bear. Excellent. I like it. Uh, I'd shoot him in the dick. First of all, we kill all animals. And <laughs> all animals. All animals. Oh, yeah. We we don't fight people because we fight <laughs> bears. You're not allowed to eat. We're not even allowed to fight each other until you fought a bear. So correct. That's the way it works. That's, that's what, the way Jake Kondo works. That's what Putin said. Actually, here's what Putin said. Um, because uh, we have been going back and forth about whether this is real or not, or who's who's the good guy, who's the bad guy, at, and. I have a whole. I have another theory on that now too. But anyway, um, this came out yesterday. Embassy of the Russian Federation in Canada embassy statement: Russia continues its special military operation to demilitarize and denazify Ukraine. The Russian army does not occupy Ukrainian territory and takes all measures to preserve the lives and safety of civilians. The strikes are targeting military facilities only, being carried out exclusively with high precision weapons. We are witnessing an unprecedented wave of lies, fake news, distorted and fabricated facts aimed at discrediting our actions. Goebbels style Western propaganda was predictable. It cannot be trusted. The public in Canada should understand that. The truth is different. Crimes against humanity and violations of international humanitarian law are committed by the armed forces of Ukraine and such neo-Nazi groups as Azov, Right Sector, and others. The multiple evidence is available in open sources. The Ukrainian side is deploying multiple launch rocket systems and artillery in the courtyards of residential buildings, hospitals, schools, and kindergartens. The armed forces of Ukraine, nationalist and neo-Nazi groups, use civilian infrastructure and population as human shields. It is essential to understand the rationale behind these actions. The Ukrainian authorities and its Western patrons are committing monstrous and inhumane Pro provocations in order to put all the blame on Russia. In fact, the full responsibility for the destruction and in innocent victims lies with the regime in Kiev. The Russian army is fighting neither Ukraine nor the Ukrainians. The task to clear Ukraine of Nazism and to demilitarize it will be accomplished. Those responsible for genocide and eight years long war started by Kiev against its own people, silently watched and frequently encouraged by the West will be brought to justice. Russia is not starting wars. Russia is ending them. Well, I, I'm going to tell you this much, okay? Because I've got some more on this too, which is really fucking crazy. So lack of fuel and food hinders Russians' advance on Kiev, Pentagon says, okay? Russians call its uh, fuel markets around the world, but cannot supply its tanks, President Vladimir Putin said in neighboring Ukraine. I've heard a different story on this. I heard that all of the uh, Russian soldiers were actually going out and punching holes in their gas tanks to ensure that they didn't make it to Kiev. They don't want to fight. Okay. They are anti-fighting. So this is really interesting on two reasons. Uh, first of all, they, they know they're going to Kiev. Kiev's the biggest city in all of fucking Russia. They don't want to fight there because they know what happens when you start a inner city conflict, when you start fighting in an urban area. It's not a lot of fun, especially if you're not allowed to fucking just drill a dude uh, because you're not sure if he's a civilian or, or he's military or whatever. Um, so it, it's, it's very 
it's very difficult to fight that type of fight, fight first of all. Second of all, they apparently a lot of these guys are Slavs and they are conscripts from other armies from around Russia. They're not actually the Russian troops themselves. So basically what Putin did was he pushed out all the shit he didn't want around him. Like the Siberian prisoners or whatnot. Exactly. And put them down there and said, Hey, go do this. But he didn't use his actual troops. No. And so these guys are like literally fucking their shit up and huh. making sure, because there was, there was a question I've been having for a while now. Like one of the biggest things, if you remember back in the eighties, well, maybe some of you don't, maybe some of you do, but if you remember back in the eighties, what was our biggest worry about Russia? Or what was the thing that happened the most? Not the biggest worry. Cold War. I mean, they were, like, Russia's going to drop nukes on us. No. The biggest thing we kept having, if you remember, is we had air-to-air -air incursions between our naval aircraft. And I know this for a fact because my brother was a pilot. Between our naval aircraft and the aircraft from Russia. And they kept... They wouldn't get into actual fights. Oh, it's but like they Top would, Gun. Yeah, they would fly around and ping each other with lasers and shit, yep. set off all their alarm bells and be like, whoa, what the fuck? I think there was only two actual shoot downs that actually took place yep. uh, over, uh, you know, conflated territories. But was uh, that inter interpersonal visual exactly. relations? Yeah, okay. So, so a lot of that was going on. And their air force is actually pretty fierce. They have a badass air force in Russia. Why isn't it doing anything in Ukraine? They can't seem to shoot down these simple Nazi Ukrainian pilots. Why? I've been asking this question forever. Why is that not? Why isn't their Air Force doing more? They're not flying. No. The ones that are dropping bombs right now are actual Russian pilots flying out of Belgrade right now. They're not anywhere near Ukraine. Those are not the planes that are supposed to be flying, the guys that are supposed to be flying, they're not flying. They're saying, fuck you to Putin too. There's a lot of crazy shit going on right now. For instance, I actually have some confirmation that the bases they hit were seven U.S. labs. They weren't, not all of them were bioweapons labs, but they were seven U.S. labs that were hit. And destroying. And now I have that from people I know that know are a lot there. more. No, they're not there, but they they're around there and they, they have information. And they said, yeah, that that is that is accurate. They weren't bioweapons labs because you don't just go blow up a you drop something that's hotter than I mean, you would have to drop some like basically a thermite. Nuke. Um, it would have to burn everything in sight. And there they were labs not necessarily bioweapon labs, which is interesting on its first part. Why are we building bioweapon labs in, in Ukraine? And from what I understand, that came from a treaty that we signed some time ago with Ukraine, where we said that, oh, by the way, hey, we're going to bring you into NATO. But then we didn't actually bring them. And then we never, we never followed through. Um, so that was the first part. Um, the second part that I noticed, especially after last night when we were talking about it, Let's be real for a second, because now I'm hearing more and more people talk about how we have to help out Ukraine. And it's now it's not just Soros and the usual band band of homos. Bill Gates came out this morning and said, we have to go help Ukraine. Of course. Um, uh, I don't know. I wish Fauci would go. Uh, no one knows where Fauci is. Fauci's disappeared. Uh, well, that's because he's getting ready to go to jail. But yeah, we'll get sure. to that in a minute. Yeah, um, we will. 
but they're like the air force just isn't cutting it. I don't get it. Uh, too many people now are, are coming out to say, we got to get behind Ukraine. Does anybody else see this? I mean, this is like, wow. Uh, when you have that many people lining up to say that Ukraine's a good guy and we got to go help them. I don't, that them. means Ukraine's not a good guy yeah. and they're dirty as shit to include, uh, the bank accounts, the bank accounts that Hunter Biden still has in Ukraine. Mm. I would like to see those bank records. I'd also like to see what Joe Biden was doing. So, do you know how many times he flew to Ukraine? Like all the time. Yep. Like he uh, took Air Force Two over. Uh, was it sixty-seven times? I was going to say it was like it was in like office every to Ukraine. Two, two to three months. Like every quarter he went over there. Yep. I I know I know. MTG even said stand with Ukraine. I, that's what I, I don't get. There's so many people that are smarter than this. They should realize that this is not the one we get behind. Yeah. We need to, people are just, I, I don't get that part about our side. Our side has some really smart individuals. Trump saying, get behind Ukraine. I, I don't think Trump even knows what the fuck he's talking about. So here's my other theory on that. Okay. Because is there something going on? Is Putin attacking Ukraine? I, I don't know. I don't think he's attacking the, like Biden sucks stuff says it's, it's like, they don't want to hurt Ukraine people or troops. Um, but then you go back and look at Putin who also graduated from the young world leaders program Yep, out of the world economic forum and how many times he's spoken at the world economic forum and how good friends he and Klaus Schwab are now maybe this is all a setup because they are trying to push us to nuclear war. The U S media should appear on pen, pen and tellers fool us. <laughs> right. <laughs> but you know, maybe, maybe this whole thing is designed literally as a setup to false flag and nuclear war. See, I, um, I don't know. It's still mutually assured destruction. You have a better chance of dying. But I hear not, the peoples of the world want Germany to build up its army, march through Poland, and fight the Russians. Deja vu. I saw that meme too, and I thought that was hysterical because that also then. I don't oh, you remember that before? I ah, don't sweat that. We'll, we'll be all right. It's not going to be that bad. Okay, so but if the whole thing is planned, then it wouldn't necessarily be mutually assured destruction because then you know. Okay, so. They they sling a nuke at a couple of cities over here and and take out most of the population, but you know leave a good portion of the farmland. Tactical nukes, I believe, was in that Q post that we were just talking about yeah. yesterday. Um, twelve forty eight, twelve fifty six, something like that. I, I mean, it's if the whole thing's planned, then it wouldn't necessarily be mutually assured destruction. It would just be planned, targeted, tactical. I, uh, yeah, anyway, I, it's possible. Okay. Why does anything's uh, possible? But what doesn't me... make sense is to me is the amount of failures Putin suffered. I mean, everything that could possibly backfire did so in epic fashion. And what what doesn't make sense is how weak and unprepared and unwilling Putin's army is. Now, yes, and I agree with you. But also, how do they run out of gas when we are dependent on? Russia I just for told gas? you. How, I just told you they, they were poking holes in their no, gas. I, I got you. their gas tanks. Uh, they were they were literally destroying their vehicles on purpose, almost as if like to say, "Hey, look, this isn't really the Russian army because we'd already be in, you know, yeah. Kiev right now. We're not there yet because we don't want to go fight there. We don't want to fight these people. We we don't have a problem with these people. This is fucked up. That's what I think, and I, I think that that goes to show you that." 
I don't think even the troops are being told the real thing. Mass graves. Yeah, possibly. Speaking of treaties, did you hear about the international pandemic prevention and preparedness? They were supposed to sign it yesterday. Uh, according to what I've heard so far, they did. We're going to get into that though, really yeah. in our COVAX special. Uh, Russia is supposed to have um, this two to three million strong military uh, with very far with, few exceptions. And so far with few wildly exceptions, it's wildly shit itself. Yes, yeah, but it's not the actual Russian army. It's all the conscripts <laughs> and the people, they, the slobs, the people they have forced to go fight this war. He's not going to fight, send real Russians. No. So um, going back to this uh, this statement from- Help climate change. Neuter war does help climate Yeah, nuclear war. Um, going back to the statement from the embassy of the Russian Federation in Canada, oh, yeah. uh, you know, they said that, um, they said in here- that uh, this information was all available open source, right? So I went and started looking about looking for neo-Nazis in Ukraine uh. or Nazis in Ukraine and this Azov group and whatnot. And I found this very interesting story out of the Jerusalem Post from January of 2016. U.S. lifts ban on funding neo-Nazi Ukrainian militia. This was two days before Trump took office. No, I'm sorry. This was a year before because he would have taken office in 2017. Correct. So this was an Obama was still in office. Okay. Last June, Congress passed a resolution intended to block American military funding for Ukraine from being used to provide training or weaponry for the Azov battalion. Congress is reported to recently repealed its ban on a Ukrainian militia accused of being neo-Nazis opening the way for American military assistance. Last June, Congress passed a resolution intended to block military funding um, for the Azad Battalion, an independent unit that had been integrated into the former Soviet Republic's National Guard and was taking part in operations against Russian-backed rebels, called a, quote, neo-Nazi paramilitary unit by Congressman John Conyers Jr. and Ted Yoho, who co-sponsored the bipartisan amendment, the battalion has been a source of controversy since its inception. With the neo-Nazi Wolf Sangle symbol on its unit flash, which resembles a black swastika on a yellow background, the founders drawn from the ranks of the paramilitary National Socialist Group called Patriots of Ukraine, the group would have been a fringe phenomenon in any Western nation, but with the army unequipped to face the separatist threat in the East, Kiev, and of course that ad cut it off. You you do know what the the Asab unit is, right? The battalion is, right? Azov is a regular military unit subordinate to the Ministry of Internal Affairs. It is not a regular division, neither a political group. Its commanders and fighters must have personal political views as individuals, but as an armed police unit, Azov is part of the system of the Ukrainian Defense Forces, said an anti-Semitism researcher speaking on behalf of the VAD. Yes, and I, I it, that is exactly what it is. And it's not, it, it, it's supposed to be like a, a internal defense, like police force almost. Um, so they have, they literally have brown shirts as their, correct, their um, IA. And they are legit. They're actually pretty hard ass, bad ass motherfuckers. They're they're like, they remind me of their Gurkhas, actually. So, um, I mean, based on that, there's, there's a bit of truth in this statement. Is it all true? I, I have no idea. I'm yeah. sure there's a, quite a level of propaganda in here, just as there's quite a level of propaganda in everything we get from our news media. But Left and right. There is a truth. There is there is some truth in that. So, I don't know. I'm just saying. Left and right. Just so you guys are wondering, I know you're asking for targets left and right. That's all I can say. Um, either okay. way, 
the toss one um we we've talked at at length about this they they launched a new one uh or they brought a new one into ukraine apparently uh this is the flamethrower version so you're aware there's a flamethrower version yep uh, this one is really, really, really bad. That'll Actually, really fuck yeah, huh? uh, oh, oh, it's worse. Okay. It, it's, it's like, uh, it's kind of like napalm on steroids is the best way I can explain it. Um, give me one second. Actually, let me go over here. I think I, I had a video of this one too. Um, it's really weird. Okay. Well, um, while you're there, while you're looking for that. So the Russian foreign minister warns world war three will be nuclear. So Russian's foreign minister, Sergei Lavrov, warned Wednesday that a third world war would be nuclear and destructive and his country's, amid his country's invasion of Ukraine. The third world war will be nuclear and destructive. President Biden is an experienced man and has previously stated that the only alternative to war are sanctions. Lavrov said in an interview with Al Jazeera's Arabic channel, without elaborating, according to Gazetta, other Russian media, and Reuters. Reuters, I'm sorry. And I think he went on Al Jazeera because they're the only ones that will talk to him right now because everyone in Russia has been canceled. That's you, about right. You cannot talk to anyone in Russia. They can't talk to any of our media. You can't hear from Putin. I'm amazed that I even got a copy of this statement from the Russian embassy in Canada um, because I'm sure it's basically been scrubbed at this point because can't, I mean, any any Russian, they're, they're even talking about expelling all Russians from America. Like, it's, yeah, I've heard that. I mean, Japanese internment camps, mm -hmm. you know, um, man, our, our, our old friend, Sergey might be gone. Who, who, but yet we're the racist. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. So this is the toss one flamethrower edition as we'll call it for now. Um, it's actually pretty badass. I mean, if you look at it from a militaristic standpoint, uh, that, that's what it looks like um, deployed. That looks like something you'd see in a science fiction movie. Seriously, it's like that's like some some Star It loads Wars. the same way as the other one. The only difference is the round it actually fires. Um, that's seriously out of like the the Star Wars from nineteen eighty. So let's see. They fired three, four, five, six, seven, eight. I don't know. It was Holy a lot of rounds. Shit. Um, either way, this one has uh, the thermal. It still has a thermobaric uh, piece to it. The only difference is that it sucks all of the air up and then pushes it right down really fast again with a whole uh blazing fat ball of fire and uh it is uh it is really bad it's supposed to protect the main battle tanks while they're moving around and whatnot and light armor um and infantry guys but honestly all it does is it really just fucks shit up you see that big ass flame bo flame ball if I can get this thing to stop, there it is. Boom. See, see those, that's it right there. That's what type of damage it does. And it can go forever. Um, it, these things fly, the, the rockets can fly for, I mean, I think their, their furthest range is 32 kilometers. Um, and understand these are not, these are not, um, uh, what do you call it? Uh, they're not precision. The, they're not wire guided. They're not laser guided. They fire what they Horseshoes and hand grenades. Yes, they point in a direction and then they destroy everything, whatever's in that area. Okay. So BC Wallace said, if you talk with Peter Lavenda, he talks about a Nazi compound in Argentina. I would love to talk to Peter Lavenda. Um, I don't know who that is. Actually, though, I know so. what that is. I know exactly what that is. Well, I've, I know I've about, about the, this. Compound. I know about the Nazi compound in Argentina. I'm saying I don't know who Peter Lavenda is. So if you want to give us an introduction, I'd love to bring him on True Spiracy. Absolutely. Because I really firmly believe that the Nazis won World War II and some of them fled to Argentina. 
some of them went to actually a lot of them fled to Argentina. A lot of them went to Argentina. Um, some went to Mexico City. A whole bunch went to the Ukraine. So, um, some, some went to, to Ukraine. Uh, some went Antarctica. to Antarctica. Yep. Some, a lot came here to America. Yep. Um, so they've they've infiltrated our society on many many levels over the past seventy five years. Um, so if BT, if you want to give me a, an intro to Peter Lavenda, shoot me a um, you know hit me up in uh, Telegram or, or Twitter. Send us an email. Send us an email. McVillan at gmail .com. Yeah. Oh yeah. I know all about Operation Paperclip. Stand tall. Uh, also, um, Operation High Jump. If you if you put those together, then you got the Nazis won. Yeah, pretty much. And we're we're starting to see that now. So so uh, really, what's pissing people off is Russia has now deployed the TOS one launcher to the outskirts of heavy heavily populated areas. Uh, Senator Marco Rubio wrote in his Twitter: "Thermobaric weapons against civilian targets has zero military purpose. Um, it would be a war crime aimed at terrorizing and slaughtering people into submission." Rather, grim intelligence briefings today on fears that Russians frustrated by unexpected resistance will unleash these weapons, indiscriminate shelling to Kiev to uh, bid a breakthrough of horrific consequences to civilians. Actually, uh, what did I see just before we came on? Um, the first city that Russia just now occupies, um, I want to say, I, I, I don't remember the name off the top of my head. I saw it like for like half a second because I was running through the door I came, as I came in. But um, they now occupy a city. They finally took one over. So be aware of that one. It's out there. Um, let's see here. Uh, back to the U.S. though. Well, hold on. I, I have one more. So um, on, on Russia. On, all right, go for it. And this is about. Because uh, I got to look at this one. Real all right. So make sure I read the right. Is point. the Russia-Ukraine crisis a turning point for the dollar? So Zero Hedge did this story. Um, they did it. A great job. Honestly, though, I think Dr. Kirk Elliott kind of explained the first part of this better. So if you guys missed the first hour of the show, please go back and listen to it or watch it because he did a fantastic job explaining how we got to where we are now um, as far as uh, the economy goes. Um, but I did ask him a little bit about SWIFT and uh, and the he spoke about the Chinese system. But Zero Hedge kind of puts a, a finer point on it. So um, Russia will likely lean heavily on China's cross-border yuan clearing and settlement system, SIPS, CIPS. For now, it still mostly largely relies on SWIFT, but CIPS has the scope to operate independently and have its lines of communication line with financial organizations. China has long been a big buyer of Russian fossil fuels and minerals. Tacit Chinese support or at least a speaks volume silence of the Russia invasion of Ukraine underscores the friendship without limits the two countries announced earlier this month. So China has their own financial system. Since Biden kicked Russia out of essentially Swift. our financial system, SWIFT, Russia can only go to China for its payment. So then everyone that buys oil from Russia, including us, is going to have to go through China's financial system in order to pay Russia and continue to get their funds. So essentially we're still fucked is basically what so they're leveling this at. Correct. So our financial system is completely going to crash and China is going to take over as the economic power of the world. Well, it's just like George Soros wants. So. Absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. So that's it's just that that nail in the coffin right there. Um, they end this. Let's see, uh, big step for China. The shift of Russia to the China column would be a major step towards what the Financial Times calls "quote China's long-term goal of building a post-dollarized world." 
And that's just part of China's plans. As the FT continues, finance is a key pillar in the new great power competition with America. Currency, capital flows, and the Belt and Road Initiative trade pathway will allow all play a role in that. Beijing has been trying to bolster truth, I'm sorry, trust and transparency in its own system, not only to attract non-US foreign investment, but also to encourage an onshore investment boom. The reserve currency status of the U.S. dollar is an extraordinary and unique boon for Americans and the American economy. America is able to borrow seemingly endlessly from everyone else to create new dollars. The U.S. government is able to defer repaying its lenders by constantly rolling over and increasing its debt seemingly forever. It's been a great run on the U.S. dollar, but it's it's done. But now the global economy is witnessing in real time what happens to countries that fall afoul of the U.S. dollar or rather of the government behind the U.S. dollar. Russia is well on its way to becoming a financial pariah and governments that want to limit the risk of ever falling victim to a Western-led economic shock and awe campaign will do the necessary and reduce their exposure to the dollar. So they're going to see what Biden did to Russia and rather than get canceled, they're just going to say, sorry, we're not going to play with you anymore. Yeah. That's it. They're like, gonna kick us yeah, out. That, if you can cancel them, you can cancel us. You know what? We're not going to play your games. We're going to go over here and play their games because hopefully they're not going to fuck us as quickly as you are. Hopefully. So um, I buy silver and gold. That's, that's all I got to say. Call Dr. Kirk Elliott. Go to uh, com forward slash defiant and and put, or give him a call. put any extra money you have in silver and gold. Yep. That's That's really... Yeah, that's what we're going to do. So so Arizona's Senate study estimates 200,000 ballots counted in 20 or more than 200,000 ballots counted in 2020 with mis mismatched signatures. A study Maricopa County, uh, Maricopa County's mail-in ballots, more than 200,000 ballots might be reviewed or cured. More than eight curing acknowledged by the county. Uh, basically curing their their matching signatures and when they match the signature if it don't match bye bye ballot disappears so commissioned by the arizona state senate the signature verification pilot study was conducted by uh shriv i can't even shiva ayadari's uh election system integrity dr Institute. shiva yep yeah which released its final report to the public on Tuesday. Ira Diary uh, is an engineer inter, uh, entrepreneur with four degrees from MIT who bills himself as the inventor of email. He invented claim, email when he was 14. A claim which critics have alleged is exaggerated because we know it was actually um, Al Gore. Al Gore. So, yeah, okay. Um, of the 1,911,918 uh, early voting mail in ballots that Maricopa County received, and counted in the 2020 presidential election, the county reported 25,000 or 1.3% had signature mismatches that required curing, but signatures were not verified. Under Maricopa County election rules, with a signature on file, the voter does not appear to match the ballot or it, it includes attempts to contact the voter. If the signature ver verification study their uh, novices reviewed 499 images of early uh, ballots with signatures um, and envelopes. There was, there was only 12% of the ballots that they were allowed to view actually matched. The pilot study wow. extrapolated from the sample of more than 204,430 ballots should have been cured and over 5,277 should have just been flat out rejected. Hmm, we're getting closer to your final number. Yep. 47.1%.
Yep. So that's the big one on that one. So just be aware, keep your eyes open about it. Actually, they said, did say something else that was kind of interesting here. For instance, uh, Wisconsin Supreme Court has ruled election regulators unlawfully allowed tens of thousands of absentee voters to skip voter ID checks by claiming they were indefinitely confined by the pandemic without suffering from a disability. And Wisconsin's Legislative Audit Bureau found numerous other rule changes that were made not approved by the state legislature. In Arizona, an audit called into question of more than 50,000 ballots cast in November 2020 election, while in Georgia, the state election officials have uncovered such widespread mismanagement and fraud in vote counting in Fulton County. They've begun the process to have a state run uh, for future elections in locality that includes the city of Atlanta. So this isn't going anywhere. No. This is just starting. And Trump said that all of the election uh, fraud information was going to come out in the next three weeks. And I believe he said that less than a week ago. So Wisconsin special counsel bombshell, 91 nursing homes had 95 to 100 percent voter turnout in 2020. That's impossible. Yeah. Election integrity watchdog uh, Phil Klein said, and now we have videotaped despotism depositions and interviews with family members saying my loved one hasn't been able to vote in years and has been deemed to be incompetent. Wow. A uh, special counsel investigating the suspected irregularities in Wisconsin's 2020 election has found 91 nursing homes in counties in Milwaukee, Racine, Dane, Kenosha, and Brown had voter turnout rates ranging from 95% to 100% in 2020. As compared to the overall nationwide participation rates of 67% in 2020 and 60% in 2016. Um, the nursing home data only reflects that voting at the facilities that special counsel has been able to vet, uh, to this juncture, according to the report compiled by retired Supreme court justice, Michael Gableman for the uh, state assembly, there are more facilities in these counties after audit auditing these votes from the other facilities, the above percentages may change last November, November Racine County Sheriff's office requested that the state attorney general investigate alleged illegal di um, directives issued by Wisconsin election commission to bypass state special voting deputy processes under which the clerk for each municipal uh, county had enough ballots to each resident care facility to vote and the and to assist the voters with the voting process. And he said that is completely illegal according to the Wisconsin, Wisconsin state um, constitution. So more voting shit coming out, folks. It's going to get worse and worse and worse and worse. Well, what else is getting worse today? Oh, uh, well, no, no, no. I, I got it. We got to go right into this one because okay. this is a long one. So the four new things that we just learned about the special counsel's investigation into Hillary Clinton. What else are they going to charge people with? Hmm. You know, that's Who interesting. Started because started singing? Cash Patel was on the Dark to Light podcast today uh, with, uh, quite frankly, and Tracy Beans, right? And... Um, he was talking about the Durham investigation. He said he thinks there, well, he said not, he thinks there will be a lot more indictments come this summer <gasps> that John Durham. Uh, and he thinks that Jake Sullivan needs to be indicted and stand by brought up. There. So who started singing? Well, that's a great question. Who started singing? Mm. Let me just jump into the first thing that we learned. We learned that Rodney, Rodney Joffe had pled the fifth twice now. 
Earlier this month, this month, the Russian connected Alpha Bank filed a motion in Florida state court seeking for an extension uh, to serve the numerous John Doe defendants. It had sued there in 2020. Alpha Bank had sued John Doe at all as stand-ins for the defendants it claimed were responsible responsible for executing a highly sophisticated cyber attacking scheme to fabricate an apparent communications between Alpha Bank and the Trump organization in the months leading up to the 2016 presidential election. After filing the suit, Alpha, began, Alpha Bank began discovery in an attempt to learn the identity of individuals responsible for what the large privately owned Russian bank alleged was the creation of a fake computer trail con connecting the Trump organization, among others, to Alpha Bank, sought information from Joffe identified as tech executive number one and special counsel John Durham's indictment against the former Hillary Clinton campaign attorney, Michael Sussman. Joffe attempts, attempted to squash the Alpha Bank subpoena filed on February 11th, 2022. Uh, the executive alleged that Durham uh, to have exploited sensitive data from an executive branch office in the federal government to mine for derogatory information on Trump sat in disposition on Friday. The internet sleuth discovered the public filing of Joffe's dep dep deposition, which revealed that Joffe had finally been deposed by Alpha Bank. Hmm. Alpha Bank's a Russian bank? Yep. All of its servers are located in Russia? More than likely. Has Durham already accessed them? I don't know. How is he going to now when Russia's been canceled? All flights have been canceled. No one can go to Russia. No one can have any communication with Russia. Russia's what did I tell you canceled. before, though? What did I tell you before, though? Remember when all of a sudden we saw the filings come down from Durham and he was starting to charge people? Yeah. Where did his guys get just get back from? Well, that's why I said, has he have they been to Russia? Where did his Ukraine? guys? They had just gotten back from Ukraine. Ukraine. All the information's in Ukraine. What do you want to bet Durham's got it all now? He can what do you want to move. bet that part of the reason for this whole fake fucking war is to try and stop this Durham investigation? So Joffe seeks to jump into the Sussman criminal case as a defendant or as a witness for the prosecution. Wow. Joffe has started singing because what is what does Joffe realize? He's the last guy holding the bag of shit at the end of the limbo pole. And what's he going to do now? He's going to roll on everybody. Joffe seemingly contradictory about his testimony about ops trust. Uh, the transcript of Joffe's disposition testimony uh, discovered on Friday consisted of mainly former tech executives refusing to answer questions because special counsel is pending investigation. With Joffe responding to Alpha Bank's inquiries pleading the fifth, however, several times Joffe responded with questions about specific individuals by saying he had not heard of the person or the organization. One such exchange proved intriguing, seemingly contradictory to an email obtained by pursuant to the right to know request served at Georgia Tech and the university of the two researchers who allegedly mined all the data for Joffe worked. Just a few more questions, the Alpha Bank attorney began. Before asking Mr. Joffe, are you a member of the so-called Union of Concealed Nerds as described by L. Jane Camp? Basically, she used the description to describe a group of computer research who searched for malware and other malicious content in actors' um, internet histories. And he said, I can't remember having heard of that term before, adding... I don't belong to any organization. However, when he was asked if he's a member of any other groups or individuals who sought investigative and 
sought to investigate potential foreign interference in the 2016 U.S. presidential uh, election. He compiled a composed a a list or supposed evidence of the Alpha Bank server connecting Trump to the campaign. Jaffe pled the fifth. In posing these questions, Alpha Bank sought to connect Jaffe with reports that the sus. A uh, supposed secret communications channel between it and the Trump administration was specifically to slate reporting from October 31st, 2016, and was connected to the Trump server communicating with Russia. The auth author, Franklin Foer, opened the highlighting small uh, community of computer scientists, some cybersecurity firms, some in academia, and other close ties with none other than your boy, Jake Sullivan who claimed that he also was aware uh, or was aware of the connection of the Alpha Trump Bank server connection prior to Jaffe. Indiana University computer scientist uh, L. Jane Camp, uh, Rye formulation of the group, were the union of the concerned nerds. Cash Patel said something about Jake Sullivan going and um, briefing Obama on everything that was going on. If I recall correctly from the podcast and I probably do. It's not just the FBI. This is number four and CIA we're talking about here. It's also the NSA. You know that the, the head of the NSA captain, whatever his name is, went and warned Trump to move. Didn't tell him why, but told Trump to move. The only reason he would do that was because he knew that they were spying on him. Yeah. Well, um, according to the data, Okay. It's not just the NSA either. I got something else. DIA? So according to the New Yorker's coverage, and this is from a New Yorker article originally, it has been known uh, for some time that after the Americans elected Trump, Democrats regrouped and continued to push the Russian collusion hoax, including the Alpha Bank angle. The New Yorker, in a 2018 article rehashing the Alpha Bank claims and referring to Jaffe with the pseudonym Max, wrote after Trump's inauguration, two Democrat senators had reviewed the data, data assembled by Max's group. One of the Democratic senators approached the former Senate staffer named Daniel Jones and asked him to give the data a closer look. The New Yorker article continued. Jones then spent a year researching the Alpha Bank allegations and writing a report for the Senate. According to the New Yorker's coverage, then the senators had the data and provided it to Jones. The Senate had the data. The Senate had the data and provided it to Jones. They knew they're a part of this. Which senators? Feinstein staffer and founder of the left-wing Democracy Integrity Project mm. sued Alpha Bank see seeking to keep their information confidential <gasps> in the uh, deposition and testimony and documents provided by the Russian bank. We're going to see a lot more congressmen retiring. In his complaint, Jones stated... Why do you think there are so many of these motherfuckers retiring? Yep. I finally figured that one out. Why? Hey, folks, real quick question. Since you guys are all on here, why are 29 Democratic congressmen? Now. Oh, is it 37 Yeah, now? I think it's like 37. 37 Democratic congressmen retiring all of a sudden, suddenly of all. Because Durham the is about to. The one year that Biden actually needs, needs these them. motherfuckers to stay in office, yeah. are they? Nope. Because Durham's about to anally ass rape every single one of them, which I can't wait to watch. I'm sorry. What did, what did Q say when it all comes out? 90 something percent of Congress is going to go down. This is where it gets worse. Significantly. Jones stated in his deposition to alpha bank, 
that the Senate Select Senate Committee informed him. So there was a whole fucking the whole committee. fucking committee knew. No, there was a committee formed about this. No, the Senate the Senate Select Committee no, is, it, is, uh, is a standard committee. No, it's not. They make one for every different thing. So that means they had a ruling on the floor that the Senate said, okay, we're going to put this person, this person, this person, this person on the select committee. Where the fuck are our rhino senators right now? And why the fuck were they not telling everybody else about this? Holy shit. So he said that the Senate select committee informed him that the sources of DNS records had a history of providing accurate information and a lengthy history of reliable assisting U.S. law enforcement intelligence communities. So I'm guessing it had something to do with the Senate select committee on intelligence. That's what I'm guessing. So F Feinstein and Swalwell. Bingo. Swalwell, who is banging who? And, Fang Fang at the time. And Feinstein, whose driver of 30 years was a Chinese spy. Hey, uh, this is a mic drop. I'm out. Damn. I'm out. Is this not? I told you. Wait for Durham. I've been screaming it. I've been screaming it on the rooftops. There is, oh my God, the shit that's about to come out from this is going to be uglier than fuck. But we only got a little bit of time left. Biden's CODIS nominee. I don't know if you guys have uh, realized who this chick is. Uh, I did not realize till I read this article today. Um, uh, cr criticized. She was criticized for excessiveness of sex offender punishment leniency. Leniency. Yes. Uh, Jackson authored the petition versus punishment towards principal dis uh, d distinction and restatement of related sex offenses. Uh, this was published anonymously in 1996 in a Harvard Law Review. She did not disclose her authorship until the Senate committee, committee asked her about the published writing as a part of her nomination. The courts have been unable to, dif uh, to differentiate between the preventive and the punitive punishments for sex offenders. I personally say, hey, I think you should take care up, of them. Neuter, line them up. Let me take ne care of it. Neuter, shoot all of them. I'll take care of every single one of them. Okay. So stand tall, uh, 1776, drip, drip, flood. You're absolutely right. And we are, we're going to close out Hold now. Hold on real quick. What's this? I wanted to read this one. Uh, Dr. Tosser <laughs> from Our Space mm -hmm. is at the Truck Convoy broadcasting in space on his Twitter profile. Okay. Yes. I actually, right. I just reached out to him when I saw that um, and I asked him for a video. He cannot, unfortunately, send one while he's hosting a space because he's hosting a Twitter space right now. But I asked Can him- Can we to, get him to come on? I asked him to, uh, well, he's- currently hosting a space, but I'll see if he wants to come on tomorrow. I asked him to send me a video yeah. and we can play it tomorrow. Just so we can get an update as to what's going Absolutely. on with the trucker convoy, because I want to cover reach this out and ask him. Uh, um, I bet he could get, I bet he could yeah. get a video for you somehow. Yeah, so that's, that's what I'm what asking, asking for. for. Yep. Um, yeah. Because get, get most scares him. Yeah. Get my definitely drip, scares drip Congress. Flood. Yeah. Yep. So uh, here's the, here's the flood that's coming out now. And mind you, we do have a, a large in-depth COVID special coming up here um, that'll go out March 11th. But seriously, if you guys have never listened to these, sometimes these they, go on for about like four, three, hours. four hours. It's, it's, it's a really, really it, long we go, and we go deep into the weeds in, and everything. I mean, in-depth medical issues, everything. Um, but regardless of the fact that COVID has essentially unexpectedly died. Um, the, Which is unfortunate. Yeah, the vaccines have not. So although we're going to cover this in depth in our COVID special, I do want to touch on some major stories right now that are coming out because you're not hearing this on the news because all you hear is Russia, Russia, Russia. Um, so in case you didn't hear, two biotech companies. <laughs> <f> <laughs> Tell them the earth is flat. Damn it. Okay. Uh, it, 
I have to go. My husband and I are discussing flat, flat earth, earth with, with a friend, friend trying yeah. to show them the truth. See you next time. We we did a flat earth episode like way back. It was one of our first video episodes. So um, all right. Fantastic. Uh, we'll look it up. All right. So uh, anyway, uh, two biotech companies filed a lawsuit against Moderna this week and alleged the vaccine manufacturer infringed on patented technology in the development of its commonly used COVID-19 shot. Basically, Moderna patented the COVID-19 shot, or at least a part of it, in 2016. Yeah. We've already talked about that. No, no, we didn't. Yeah, we, we, did. sk we skipped over it because we, we did it really briefly. Um, no, we did it when we found out about it. Because we said that the, the vaccine came before the virus. Yeah, yeah, but this is proof. This is a win now, okay? We talked about that months and months and months ago. Okay. Now, this is different. This is um, because we, we had talked about that as uh, the FDA had patented it. or Yeah. yeah. But this is actually Moderna's patent, and the, the same genetic coding that's in the vaccine is in Moderna's patent. So, Well, in that article, the bigger part about that article, I thought, I didn't think that was such a big deal because maybe we knew about it, but they also talked about how uh, they're uh, both Moderna and um, both Moderna and uh, Pfizer. Pfizer both know that this was leaked from a lab because that's why they patented the mRNA technology and the vaccine because they knew the federal government was going to use it. How did they know the federal government was going to use it ahead of time? And why would they know that? Mm -hmm. How would they know that information? Unless they planned. knew it was going to be leaked. Um, okay. So, uh, the next one, and this is another win for us because we said this at the very beginning, Pfizer's COVID-19 vaccine goes into liver cells and is converted to DNA. Yep. So the very beginning, when we were saying that this alters your DNA, this changes your DNA. In fact, we were bringing up the Supreme court case from way back in the day, um, when they were trying to patent humans and they said that, you know, basically you, you can't patent something that nature makes. Yep. And they asked the question, well, if you change someone's DNA, are they then patentable? And that answer is yes. Yep. And now because we're finding now out. Because now it's not nature. Correct. Now we're finding out that this vaccine, this Inverts. jab, does actually change your DNA. And there's actually more to that because it goes into some long-term complications yep. with the vaccine, which we're going to get into we on our special. We will do that in the COVAX special. I have I, a whole study about oh, yeah. it. In, yes, it is it And is the long. study is disgusting. I'm just going to yes, say that. I've read the whole thing. So... Uh, the first time I read it, I was like, you've got to be. Yeah, it's it's rough. Um, then uh, Pfizer released some of its documentation today. Yep. There are eight pages of known side effects from the vaccines. Not just that original list that came out in October um, that, you know, got leaked in October. That you might have some problems with. Yeah. And we talked about in December of 2020 in our first COVAX special acts, actually. And we went through every one line by line. No, I'm talking about eight pages of like four point print and it's not a different bullet point for each one. It is streaming across the page one after another with a semicolon in between eight pages of known side effects. Yep, they knew too. this before they released it to the general public. Guess what the number, let me, let me get anybody online real quick. Anybody that's still in the chat, just type it in real quick. Guess what the number one on there. Number one, side effect is on the, the just, whole list. Just guess. Just guess. Anyway, um, while, while you're doing that, the CDC no longer recommends universal contact tracing or case investigation. Hmm. Uh, no, close. Not myocarditis. Death. Yeah. Death, death is the first one on there. Death. Is, death. death is it just says death. Yep. It doesn't say anything else. It's death and semicolon. And then the next one. Yep. Cause there, that there's, that's, that's the number. Myocarditis though is in there. Yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely. It's one of like six or no, 16 or 
is either 16 or 27 different heart side effects I saw. Yep. It's insane. Um, so, uh, yeah, Vades. I don't think Vades is on there. I don't think they knew what Vades was. Because, I think we kind of made it up as we went. Yeah, it's. I mean, we it, vaccine-acquired immunodeficiency syndrome. However, uh, there were like herpes and uh, all kinds of other things on there. So um, shingles especially, that was a bad one. All right, so uh, the CDC is now saying that health departments should direct those efforts to specific high-risk settings. So instead of just, you know, generally universal contract tracing, instead of people knocking at your door uh, after you've traveled because they were actually doing that, now they, they're, they, they don't want you to do that anymore. Yeah. So, okay. No need. No, now it's just uh, long-term care facilities, jail, jails, prisons, homeless shelters, et cetera. Yeah. So, okay. And the last one. Last but not least, and this one's crazy. This is buried. I'm talking buried, not where you'd think it would be in the New York NY.gov. Okay. Um, new it's under New York Codes, Rules, and Regulations. So if you thought now they had a bill um not very long ago, a couple of weeks ago, that they were they had like a quarantine facilities in yeah, there and yeah. it didn't get signed, yeah. right? Yeah, they snuck it in under rules and regulations so they could do it anyway. Um, so if you thought COVID and COVID rules and mandates and We're isolation over. and quarantine was over, no, no, no. They're sneaking it in the back door. They are preparing for the future and it's still coming. So effective date, February 22nd, 2022, 2.13 isolation and quarantine procedures. Duty to, to issue isolation and quarantine uh, orders whenever appropriate to control the spread of a highly contagious communicable disease. The state commissioner of health may issue and or may direct the local health authority to issue isolation and or quarantine orders consistent with due process of law to all such persons as the state commissioner of health shall determine appropriate. Yeah. Um, so basically, oh, and, uh, for the purpose of isolation orders, isolation locations may include home isolation or such other residential or temporary housing location that the public health authority issuing the order determines appropriate where symptoms so FEMA camps or essentially conditions is what you're talking indicate about. that medical care in a general hospital is not expected to be required. So if you are asymptomatic, if, if they make you take a test and we've already determined that the tests are false, and they control them to determine, like they'll give you a false test or a, a positive, they'll give you a negative test or a positive test, whatever they want you to be. So say you are a political dissident, right? You're a patriot living in New York state. You're going to a quarantine. They camp. make you go take a test. It comes back positive because they gave you a positive test. They're putting your ass in jail. Yep. They're going to call it a FEMA camp or a quarantine camp. It's a fucking concentration camp coming to a state near you. So um, this, this is, this is insane. And I'll, we'll get into where's this. Where, where's that at? So people can look, look at it. Um, I, I, where did you find it? Uh, I actually, I found it on through clubhouse. Um, I will post it in our telegram. It's a very long link, but it's title section 2.13 isolation and quarantine procedures, New York codes, rules, and regulations. And, uh, you have to go to regs.health.ny.gov. And there's a whole bunch of other shit after that. So folks get certified, fuck yeah, around and find out, that's go right. ahead. fuck around and find out. It is no joke. This is not over. They're not giving up quietly. They're not just, you know, oh, okay, you win. That's that. No, that's not the liberal that's way. That's not how this works. Real quick, though, we're going to show you this just for some humor tonight. Uh, this was actually really funny. I saw this oh, earlier yeah. earlier today on the news. I thought I I thought we'd play this. Fantastic. Uh, on our way out. So, real quick. 
you do not have to wear those masks. I mean, please take them off. <laughs> Honestly, it's not doing anything, and we got to stop with this COVID theater. So if you want to wear it, fine, but this is a, this is ridiculous. That is the greatest governor in the world right now. Seriously, and, uh, I hope doing he Doing a bang-up job. Um, holy shit, that was fucking hysterical. And he looked at him, and he fucking pointed at him. He's like, seriously, you're not doing any good. It Get done work. with this COVID theater. It doesn't do anything for you. Seriously. That's okay. hysterical. I went shopping with my mom today. I didn't know where we're going, but I went shopping with my mom. And we go into the Lowe's Garden Center, which is outside. And the first thing she does is put a mask on her face. And I looked, I was like, take that damn thing off your face. And she's like, oh. And I was like, seriously, even the CDC says you don't have to wear it anymore. See? And you're outside and it doesn't fucking work anyway. Take it. So I, I literally, I left. Like, I mean, I didn't leave, but I went shopping on one side. I let her go shopping on the other. I, I could not, I didn't even want to claim her. Couldn't do it. All right, folks. So again, <laughs> we'll be back tomorrow night. Uh, again, 630. 630. Um, Make sure you're uh, up there and uh, we'll uh, hopefully be more prepared. I won't, I'll be home earlier. So that would be nice. It would be nice. <laughs> so that way we're more prepared going into this, but it wasn't, uh, wasn't too bad for a no. quick slap together. Either way, folks, uh, enjoy your night. Yep. Um, go check out Josh on the Red Pill Project. Yep. Uh, I'm going to go listen to Justin because I completely missed his show today. And uh, yeah, other than that, I'm not going to take it. Yeah, like, share, subscribe. Yeah, please. We yeah. will talk to you later. Thanks for listening and watching.